say with your chest. Say what say what say with your chest podcast. I promise I leave it on the low. The mothers don't have like they even know. If you do it, I knew you would stay on the one. Don't take it to a hundred year old. Don't take it there, step down. One already fell. Hit the ground. Cause you ain't the one with the crown. You ain't the one with the crown. Say it with your chest podcast. We in the building. It's Shane. It's GP. It's Richard. How y'all doing, fellas? Good, man. What up? What up? What up? Hey, What's going on? What I up? love it. I we love back. it. So here at Say It With Your Chest Podcast, we are not old, we are not young, but we are strongly opinionated. Facts. And we're also sponsored by Grave Creatures Music. Grave Creatures? Grave Creatures <laughs> Music. <laughs> Y'all, somebody, listen, listen. Creatures just coming keep, out of the grave. Going. Somebody else is going to have to do these, these sponsors because I done messed up company right. names twice in this thing. We still practicing. It's episode one, Okay. It's okay. So this no, is this don't need to be episode one now. This needs to be like episode point five. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. So when y'all see this, y'all gonna see is episode point five. Point five. Here we go. Brave creatures music mm-hmm. out in St. Pete, Clearwater area. That's in Florida. We appreciate you so much for your sponsorship. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's thank get straight you. to it, fellas. Let's, Let's get go. straight to it. So I know that as you have grown up and have as we've seen things and ministries in the churches you've probably seen at our age more children's ministry than anything else yep. and then of course you'll see uh ministry in the church most of the time ran by women ran by the most active people in the church which is usually the women mm-hmm. and coming in last unfortunately you see the men by landslide by landslide um but that's okay because we're not here to judge any of this, any of those things. Oh no, no! But what we, I'm gonna throw out this statistic though. So when people reach children, they say, "Well, by reaching the children, we'll reach the family, or by reaching the mom, we reach the family." Mm. Okay. Reach the children, you reach the parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the, I think the latest statistic was 10. percent It was 10 percent of families that come to Christ when the children. Are reached, and then it was forty percent when the mother is reached for the family to come to Christ. Do you know what it is when the father is reached? Do you no, know what is it? Ninety-two percent. I was about to say wow. with the man being in God's plan, the head of the household. Right. It should be a super high number. Yeah, and it and it shows numbers don't lie. And uh, I believe that that was based off of um, a study done back in 2018 Mm. uh, at Liberty University. Shout out to Liberty. But with that being said is, of course, at Say With Your Chest podcast, we are three men that want to talk about the things going on in American Christian culture. Uh, And one of the things that we really feel close to our hearts near and dear because of who we are uh, we feel mm-hmm. passionate about men in the church. Um, it doesn't have to be, div- di- you know, uh, diverse or not diverse. What's the word I'm looking for? It doesn't have to be any type of diversion or dissension. Mm. That's the word I'm actually looking for and mm. how we talk about it. But it should be a conversation. Time and time again, you hear a few things. You hear the church is feminized. Mm-hmm. You hear the church is more geared toward women. Um, right. That's why you see flowers in the church and things like that. 
Uh, some would say that that started after or during World War II when all the men went to to war and it was more women here at the church still at home. Let's just say the women did their part, though. They did and they do. And that's why I think that that shouldn't ever really be a part of the conversation. Except, well, you could say, well, Richard, you just made it a part of the conversation. No, that's that's just some of the, the things that come out of when men talk about how the church is functioning and how the church, you know, does things. Mm. Uh, why is music always soft? Why does it seem like, you know, some of the more popular books are more like Jesus is this, you know, in this romantic novel more than, than anything else? Shout out to <laughs> Jesus calling. Yeah, I said it. I said it, Sarah Young. I mean, the Bible is God's love letter to the it church. It is God's love letter to the church, but he don't sound like Fabio. No. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Let me sweep you off my feet, my yeah. love. <laughs> <laughs> but Hail man, we call me love I just think that there's so many different facets of manhood, whether it be fathers. <laughs> cut, by the way. <laughs> no, 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 it's not. <laughs> No, it's not. Not in point five. We ain't cutting right. nothing. That is That's not true. We'll probably cut something. I love it. Yeah. yeah uh, he is not Fabio. But really getting into it, to really get into it to where we can actually say facts. Because mm-hmm. I gave you a lot of opinion. Because mm-hmm. we're strongly yeah. opinionated. No, but you gave the statistics. So that was Well, fact, yeah. So. But that's specifically for fathers. When we want to talk about men, I don't want to just center or single single out a certain type of man. Okay. I want to single out or point to all the men and really get into the nitty gritty of how men are actually treated in the church. Mm. Um, mm. I have been a young single person man in the church. Y'all have been single men in the church. Yep. I've been a married man in the church and I've been a father in the church yep. and a husband in the church. So there's all types of of, of positions and perspectives that we can come at. But I just remember Shane was talking about how the singles get pointed out specifically at his church. Mm. And I wanted to hear more about that. Yeah. So it's not just necessarily the church I've attended before, but I know that some of our listeners might be single or thinking about relationships or something like that. Mm. Um, I've also heard it from a good pastor um, within the state that we live in, um, he mentioned that when you're trying to date somebody Mm. that, um, dating that person, you don't need to play games. You don't need to play mind games. You don't need to just go like trying to hook up or anything like that. You need to think of dating as preparing for marriage. Mm. You need to like, if you're dating somebody and you're not thinking about whether it's guy or girl, it doesn't matter who's listening. Um, if you're not thinking that being with this person is what needs to happen for you in your life and what you want to do for the rest of your life, then it's his opinion. I'm, I'm just letting y'all know it's, it's one man's opinion and you know, everybody has their own opinion and they can, they can change it. And so it's just a thought that he was saying, you need to think of it like a road to marriage that if you're not going to get married to this person and you're just messing around or you're trying to quote unquote get ahead or you know something else then you need to one rethink your priorities and you need to get your heart straight with God you need to make sure that you know you and your heart and God are aligned and then you need to talk with that person and in that relationship if necessary like I said just an opinion it might change not mine you know I agree 
agree with certain certain points of it that, you know, you don't need to mess around with somebody. Also, at the same time, he's talking that if you believe right now in this stage of life, whether you're teens, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, doesn't matter. You don't have to get married by the time you're 25. You don't have to have a kid by the time you're 30. You don't have to have a house, white picket fence, you know, dog, two and a half kids, wife and all that by the time you're 35 and, you know, retire at 40 or whatever. The the, uh, quote unquote American dream and all that. Mm. So you don't, that doesn't need to happen. If you feel like if you're, I'll talk to the, to young people out there, the, the, the early twenties and the teens don't rush into marriage right now. There's a lot of kids getting married out of high school because, you know, they're doing stuff they shouldn't and they're making regretful decisions and stuff like that. If you're going to get married, take your time, find that person that God wants you to be with, pray about it, figure out where he wants you to be and what he wants you to do and who that person's going to be. And then also on the flip side, if you're in your mid twenties and you're thinking, you know, I don't really want to marry somebody, then that's fine too. That's a spiritual gift. This guy, this, this pastor believes that's a spiritual gift as well. Mm. That, you know, God gave you the choice to make a decision to be married. And if you do not feel in your heart that you want to get married, by all means, do not force yourself into a marriage. Do not force yourself to date. That's, that's fine. Being single is fine because God can use you as a single to glorify his kingdom 100 fold more than what you're even expecting of what you could do when you were married. So rounding it all back up is a church that I've attended. All the pastors being men have, they got married right out of college. They started having families and all that. So most of them didn't experience that quote unquote single life when, when they became a pastor of the church. The church is not necessarily reaching out in my opinion. And what some of the others look at is they're not necessarily reaching out very much to the singles, which is bad, but also at the same time, there are certain pastors and certain staff members that are working to correct that. And the pathway to it is being pushed and you can see God's work in it. And so, you know, reaching the singles is very hard. We were all single, like you said, we're all married now. And so I understand it. I understand it. But um, just know that being single is not a crime. It's not a sin. There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with getting married. You just have to do it by God's plan, God's book, God's rules, which is between a man and a woman. And I know right now that's that that's hate speech yeah. right now. You know, you guys know it, mm. but it, it's what we believe. It's what I believe. It's what you guys believe. I guarantee it. And, you know, so we'll see. We'll see. God's got a plan and he's going to make it work no matter what. And so, yeah. And so I think when you really, when you really flesh that out and you start to think about being a man in the church, like your, your story and everything that you shared, shared actually probably a lot more than I even thought we were going to dig into. But I think it's important to, to discuss Mm. men, boys even included, when you come to church and maybe it even is just a society, it's you get put into a category mm. and how can you serve that category? So for example, if you listen to how women can talk about singleness, it's not just, at least it shouldn't be just finding a godly man. It's you're finding a godly man and a godly man is someone who does and does and provides this and thinks like that and does this and will do that. And 
it's all of these different like action statements. Right. Whereas in for her, it's to be a godly woman. There's all of these spiritual disciplines. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm so thankful for. Um, uh, it's it's a book uh, called Wild and Free. Mm-hmm. Um, by I'll put in the name later, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, Wild and Free, and what it talks about is spiritual disciplines mm. for manhood. What is patience? What is loving? What is this? What is that? Like how many times the reason why there's so many different types of men that are left out in some sense or feel left out is Mm -hmm. because, well, if you're not doing certain things, if you're not a single looking to get married, if you're not dating, if you're not this, like, have y'all ever heard this? Maybe single, single man, you don't date at all, but you have a lot of friends And by having a lot of friends and going to small group and interacting with all these women and the only thing and and you don't have to constantly just think about, oh, who am I going to date and who am I going to marry? It's like, oh, like, why is this person a good friend? How am I a good friend? Because how being a good friend will turn into how am I a good brother in Christ? Mm. How am I a good brother in Christ is always going to be how am I a good brother in Christ to my wife? Or to my, oh, sorry, to my girlfriend, to my wife, to your kids, to your kids. Mm-hmm. It's you learn those things then, and I think when it just to wrangle it all back in, I think a lot of men are feeling like if I'm not doing, I'm not loved. Chris right. Rock, Chris Rock said that men are the only, I guess people or things even on the planet that receive that does not receive unconditional love. He says women and children can receive unconditional love. Men can't. If they don't provide, nope. If they don't uh, look a certain way, nope. If they don't talk a certain way, nope. If they don't, you know, have a certain job or a profession or things like that, they don't go to college. If they do go to college, there's all these stipulations. And mm-hmm. I don't agree. I don't think that's actually true. I believe it's true. But well, I think <laughs> a I think there's a difference between perception and reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so perception wise, I can see and I can agree. But in reality, I don't. I actually don't agree in the sense of how we are responding to it. That's what I actually should say. I don't agree with how we're responding to it, mm. because uh, when it comes to love, one could be communicating love in a certain way that another person doesn't perceive as love. Right. And so in the church, if it's, for example, they're not reaching out to singles, mm. it could be, well, because we're trying to make disciples, which includes singles. But which then, is the great commandment which is the great Christ gave to us. That's correct. what we're supposed to do. Correct. And so, but then as soon as you start talking about singles, guess what you're going to start talking about? You're either going to rightfully so say, hey, don't rush to get married, like, date or find friends and do this or you're gonna be like "Mm, i don't know what to do with them go get married oh you'll start setting them up with uh, not you specifically but that's what i've seen it's like uh the older christians that's trying to interact with these single people are just kind of like trying to get them married or they're just staying away because pressure on those men because you hear the 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 women are always talking quote unquote always talking you hear you know like 
single women are going or married women are going like, why aren't you, why aren't you married? Why don't you have a kid already? Yeah. You're, you're 25, blah, 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 blah. Why don't you have a man? No, 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 no. Right. You know, and then that puts pressure on that woman that she doesn't need right. because she could easily just be like, you know, I'm waiting on God's time, which is perfect time, by the way. So right. facts. Yeah. And is needed. <laughs> and it also could be like, she doesn't want to get married. She doesn't want to have children. That's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. And so it puts pressure on that woman to go and try to find a mate, find a man. And then it puts pressure on the man of like, oh, you start dating somebody. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, we've been dating for three weeks. Uh, when are we talking marriage? When are we right. talking kids? You right. know? Right. And you don't want yeah. to do that. Yeah. Which in some sense, it, it, it could make sense if, for example, like for instance, with me and my wife, we were friends for like four, four or five years before we were actually like what I would consider dating. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, by the time we were dating, it was already like, oh, yeah, we're probably going to get married. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, a lot of times people don't have that time. Like I met her in high school. Like I couldn't marry her if I wanted to for three in the first three weeks or whatever. So um, I, I do think that there is beauty in, in waiting, but there's also a beauty in just the church focusing on discipleship more than particular parts of you know, people's lives, because right. guess what? We didn't even talk about jobs or how much money you should have or what you should have set up. Like, you know, some people believe, like, you know, you should be ready to already buy a house and wait before you get married. Or you should have your degree before you get married or you should do this before you get married. And then when you do get married, OK, well, now you're this husband. And so you're supposed to be the leader of your household. That means you're the sole, You are the provider. You are the protector. You mm-hmm. are the and those are not wrong. Right. Let's let's no. go ahead and clear that up. That is not wrong. Um, but you've pressured, been pressured into this whole thing. Now you're going to be pressured into your life and you're looking around and you're like, why doesn't men want to be around? Why does men feel insecure around other men? Why, why do they not want to meet? Well, probably because one, we told them since they were children that your love is given by what you provide which means you're either going to be spending all your time trying to provide and then taking that time. And I'm just saying conservatively, I'm not even saying if you're just like somebody that just wants to like be lazy and chill in the corner. I'm talking about the person that's literally trying to do their absolute best to uphold these pressures that, that in some sense, the American church put on them. Mm. None of those things were the, 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 the danger in, in, and pressuring people with biblical things is you can now pressure somebody and it can sound like God's word. Like it can sound like, you know, when it's a man provides, well, it, well, we both, we all know that's true. But then if I come and say, well, a man provides and to provide, you need to be making at least $80,000. That could pressure. sound, yeah, that could sound. That's biblical. adding to scripture. That is, is adding to scripture. Sinful. It is. And it creates dissensions and destruction and everything else. Um, and so to switch it, your heart too. Yeah. You don't, you don't your heart's not going to align with God. Like if you're trying to make $80,000 a year, that's fine. Yeah. Mm. But you know, if you're doing it for the wrong reasons and you're going about it, like let's say you are married, you do have two kids, you do have that house, but you're going and spending all your time working mm-hmm. and you're not focusing on your family. Right. Which is 
the most important job you have. Right. Because, you know, position, all that kind of stuff, job, position, title, all that can be taken away and given at any time. But you taking yourself out of that family, Mm -hmm. that not only kills your spirit, that kills your wife's spirit, and that kills your son, daughter, children, whatever. Yeah. That kills their spirit because, you know, you're we're called to lead the next generation and, you know, make disciples. Well, if you're never home spending time with your kids and, you know, being a godly father to not only your kids, but your wife, because, you know, kids are watching. Yeah. Mm. They pick up on this stuff. hundred percent. And if your kids see you act in a certain way uh, towards their mom or, or, or dad or whatever, they're going to pick up on that and they're going to think, you know, that's how I can treat people. Yep. That's how I can treat myself. I don't need to be with my family. If I have a hundred thousand dollar job. Ooh, that's big. That's really big. What you just said, because that I'm sorry, I can't, I hate to cut you off, but you said something no, you're real fine. profound. You said, cause that's how I'll treat myself. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> the, this is why I was talking about perception mm-hmm. over reality mm-hmm. because all of those pressures and all of those idols and all of those things create these presuppositions in our mind and we start to treat ourselves poorly. Mm. Right. We start to build up idols and we start to say, oh, I can't, you know, I can't do this. We'll either try to achieve all the things to get the love that we think we want or we'll reject them in rebellion and destroy whatever relationships there even were. Right. And either way, it does not create the man that you were created to be. Mm-hmm. And what you, what we need to realize is we're looking for love. Yeah. There's, there's a book called love and respect. And for the longest time I used to hate it. I used to hate the title. I hated it so much. I was like, love and respect. That sounds like, it's like a, a woman needs love and a man leads respect. And it was like, that sounds domineering, but like, no, at the same time, the respect is actually how love is communicated. Mm. And the respect of a young man growing up, not just being pressured and told to go this direction, go this direction. We're not saying don't have mentors. We're not saying don't be disciple. But when we, cre- when we are creating as the American church, we are creating idols that destroy families. Right. A lot of times before they even start. And that's what Shane, the devil sp- is trying to Shane, get you spit right now. Fire today. <laughs> hey, I, I wanted. I wanted to. I know I'm, I've been kind of silent on this this subject because the main reason why I'm being silent on it is because I wasn't raised in the church, right? So my perspective on manhood in the church is my viewpoint was the church was already put to, well put together and already perfect in a way, right? Yeah, yeah. So. With me being two gen- generations deep already with no man in the household. Yeah. Already? We don't even know what manhood is like because you got the grandmas raising the, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, the kids. Mom doesn't have a husband. So we, things like courtship yep. wasn't taught in our household. Facts. Right. Even though it might have been taught in generations before mm-hmm. but it wasn't taught in my generation yep right so 
with that being said, also, I'm like, oh, okay, what's love? Because like, like you were saying earlier today, you were like, yeah, you know, the church, you know, they brought flowers in there and it was like demasculated and all this other stuff. I'm like, but see, in my, in my household, all it was is women. All it was was women. Aunties, moms, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um. So it's kind of weird, like, for me to, to chime in because, like I said before, like, it, you know, it wasn't taught in our household. So I'm thinking on on a on a on a on a different perspective, you know. Um, not only that, uh, I'm thinking, all right, if we were to be inside the church or join a church, right? I'm looking at the men, and it's looking weird to me because I'm like, all right, this is this is good. This is what's what's supposed to be, right? Like a man's supposed to be a provider, a leader. Supposed to be married. Mm-hmm. Um, it's supposed to be a sin, right, to be together with someone, especially if you're going to um, be sexually active, mm-hmm. right? Because none of this stuff is taught. Oh yeah, right. None of this stuff was taught. Abstinence. None of this stuff was taught. And mm-hmm. I know in my in my household or right. in our in my hood or neighborhood or area, you know what I mean. This was not taught. Yeah. If it was, it was taught to a certain few. You know what I mean? Because the enemy was running, just running rampant. Yeah. In the community, you learn. You learn from the culture. You don't learn. I'm learning from the culture. Right. I'm very culturally like culture raised me. When I tell y'all people, and, and when I say this in my music and stuff like that, like yo, the streets raised me different, bro. Yeah. I love the church, but the streets raised me way different. It was just like. This is what I seen. This is the stuff that I seen every day. I didn't see an example of that. Right. Right. So people who made a choice of be like, I'm going to get married because I don't want to, I don't want to um, contribute to sexual sin. Correct. Right. Right. Yeah. So I, I, cho- I choose to get married in that sense. Like, it's, I mean, just, it's so much, man. It's so many layers. I know when it comes to this, this subject. Yeah. And I you think know, for me, I think it's important too to 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 point that out is just because men are men want all of those things. May, they may not all want to get married, but they all want purpose. Mm-hmm. They all want uh, something to live for. They want to provide to something. Like that's just how we're built. They it's want usually, to be respected. They want to be respected. And but so, they also want an example because if they never well, seen what it looks like, I need an example need of an that. Example. Show yeah. me what that example looks like. Everybody needs an example. And, and I think sometimes it's especially like, because I didn't grow up in the church either. So like I got, I, I, I came to know the Lord when I was um, 17, mm-hmm. 17, 18. And so everything that I saw, I absorbed extremely fast. And I mm-hmm. knew I was in and out of church before that. And so when you really think about the examples that you saw, there was never substance. Like, I feel like sometimes I had to beg to get substance out of the, some of the the men that were there because it was almost like they were chasing something too. Mm. And maybe it was just a percep- my perception, but it seems like every man that I was trying to get stuff out of, and I did get a lot out of the men, but like, they were chasing some type of thing for their identity. Mm. And so even in the best examples that I had, there was these levels of brokenness 
that I couldn't I couldn't couldn't break down because I didn't know the question. I didn't even know how to ask the question mm-hmm. because That's if awful. I go up to a man I, before I got married, I spent a year with my youth youth pastor and I said I broke up with my I broke up with my girlfriend and if I got back together with her, I'm gonna marry her. Mm. But the main reason I even broke up with her is because I don't even know how to be a man. Mm. And I need help. And so this is a, I think, yeah, at that time I'm 19 years old. What happened is we got a book Mm. and we didn't even finish the book. And I wasn't hurt about it, but then I learned something. Discipline is important. Yeah. Now it took years. It took years for me to figure that out. But from that from that moment, I realized one of the most beautiful things of being a human being, but specifically about being a man, is if you can master discipline, mm. you master anything. It's 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 incredible. Like I think that's honestly why James talks about taming your tongue. <laughs> we got it got here again. Here right. it is. There, there it but, is. But that is a discipline. Right. Every right. spiritual discipline spiritual discipline. Prayer is a discipline. Yeah. Trusting Christ is a discipline. Yeah. And if we're not, if we're only talking to single men and married men about being married men and being single men and being fathers and being this, these are titles that, that give us spaces and opportunities to provide, yeah. not create or show us how to move in our true identity as being in Christ. Yeah. Cause I, I wrestle yeah. with the fact that, you know, like, dang, when y'all, when y'all, were, you know, Talking about this, like man, I I, I got to learn to not regret the fact that I didn't have none of that. Yeah, it's just like yo, because me it and made that, you who you are. Yeah, exactly. Right. Made exactly. you the man you yeah. are today. Cause that like that that right there was like really, man, it was hard because mm-hmm. you know I'm thinking already like like yo, what's what's good? Like what am I? What am I doing? What am I doing here? How am I going to put all these pieces back together? Because I felt like me coming into church already broken like this. It was crazy to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm I'm toe up because already, you know, I, I I'm already in it. You know, with 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 kids and you know all this stuff that's been broken already. That I've already done. You know what I mean? I'm I'm, right. I'm a mess. Yeah. You know, how am I supposed to make all this stuff right? Right. God's grace. I had to learn that first because I came into church. just like, like I said, just, I'm this, I'm, I'm messed up. I yeah, mean, I'm right. going to hell, man. I, yeah. Ain't no need for me to even, you know what I mean? Like I, I'm, I'm wrestling with all this stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the answer, and I think honestly, the answer is discipleship because when we say, I think, when we say God's grace and we're right, I think a lot of times in the, in the, the, the world that we're in right now, that's all we say. Mm. What is God's grace when I'm pissed off because I feel like my wife doesn't care about having sex? Mm. Like what is, what is grace when I feel like a failure because I don't make enough money to provide all the things that I want my family to have that are actually good. Mm. Like where, where's God's grace in, 
Um, yes. I'm sitting in the church and I'm trying to find camaraderie, but like I don't even know what to say or ask. And somewhere deep inside of me, there's these deep insecurities that won't even that I, but because I have them, I won't even reach out. Yeah, won't even address any of it. Right. Yeah. So it's like I've learned that that the church it says the, God is building a kingdom whom the gates of hell will not prevail against. Mm. Church members, mm. men specifically, should be the most offensive, not offensive, offensive. offensive. Wow. In the sense of pursuing people. The beauty of having children in the church or whatever is because you can start early, but that doesn't mean that that's, you know, all we, we focus on. The beauty of, of, of having women in the church is because you, you need other women to disciple each other. That's, that's uh, Titus all day. Older men teach younger men. Older women teach women, younger women. women. That's, men that's, men. that's the name of the game. Yeah. Teach what? <laughs> right. How many, how many, um, specifically one of them was older women teach younger women how to love their husbands. Right. So me, older man with my older wife who has who loves her husband can now go to younger man and say, hey, hey, young blood. You feel like your wife not loving you. Right. You feel <laughs> like, you know, whatever. Why don't y'all come have a conversation with us? Mm. Who's going to do that? Mm. The problem isn't that men aren't loved or the problem is we haven't created the disciplines or used the spiritual disciplines to actually communicate and do the loving. Hmm. I think we have become very, very high, high, uh, what's, what's the word? Headline-esque to where we're okay with if I come to y'all and say, hey, how do I do this? And someone says God's grace. And we say, oh, okay, dap up, praise God, walk away. It's a simple answer, but also at the same time, it's a very complex answer. Well, it's complex for sure. It's one that should secure us. If you want to talk about anchors, that's the heaviest one that I know. Correct? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so like if you don't have that anchor, what are you going to hold all your disciplines on to? Exactly. What are you going to hold all of your faith on to? Facts. So you need that. You need those amens. But at the same time, you, we, when, we go, when we go to war, when, if you want to go to war, right, you're not just going to say, oh, we need to go over there and beat them because we're America. Nah, it's like, well, we need to, you know, have our ships go over here and we need troops to go right here and we need money allocated here and we need resources allocated here. There needs to be food. There needs to be all these things that you have to have systems in order in place. Richard, are you saying that faith is just this logical thing? No, I'm saying faith is logical and illogical at the same time. God is sovereign and is a provider. But what does he provide? Right. Does he just provide the, 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 the giggles and the tickles and stuff? So then it was like, oh, we don't have to feel this way no more. Mm-hmm. No, he gives me Shane. He gives me GP and says, hey, let's get to work. Yes, sir. And so, of course, as we talk about men and being loved in the church, especially the American church, because that's the only church we can talk about because we're in America. Uh <laughs> There's another side to this on specifically the things that I think 
not only we can think about and speak on is the first time we felt love and how that transitioned into how we love others, but also maybe some more practical things. So then we don't sound like we just grumpy, grumpy old people, opinionated people, <laughs> grumpy opinionated people. I remember people. those kids back in my day. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, don't nobody love me. Like, that's not what we're saying. So, of mm-hmm. course, there's definitely going to have to be a point point five. Part two, point five, <laughs> episode point five. We'll get to one, two. y'all. I promise. Listen, when we we'll get, get to one, when we get to one, it's gonna be the one. We promise. Yeah. And so this is say it with your chest podcast, and we, <laughs> we love y'all. Y'all have a good one. I wanna leave a mark, and I wanna make it legendary. What an emphasis on legendary. Cause I ain't sold no crap But if you've been here from the start You know I know by that Dysfunctional family But wouldn't change it for nothing I'm a scarred teddy bear With these stitches and buttons Birth of brave creatures I cannot sit up in these bleachers I'd rather tell my story On these songs and these features Look at your fingerprints They are one of a kind God has blessed you with the mind To direct the blind And they ain't talking about the focal So adjust your vocal I know at times it seems The devil's got you in the chokehold Just breathe 21. I know we're talking about the fingers, but there's power in the tongue. I speak life and breathe life in the walking dead. I know some counted them out, but I hope they change their head. Matter of fact, change their heart, giving brand new stars. Make them legendary like David, they leaving their marks. I want to leave a mark, and I want to make it legendary. What an emphasis on legendary. But I found who I was Who I am is an artist without the deal of the buzz Except the gift and the curse But I'm a blessing in this verse Be a light up on the earth before my corpse is in the earth Know what I mean? Young people, you can be what you aspire to be Doctor, lawyer, the head of an embassy Ambassador for human rights You can lead the fight Just make sure that your strike is bigger than your human bite Don't just be talking Cause I'm tall without muscle Uh-huh And some crime but don't hustle They don't work hard at all And they wonder why the stars don't change <laughs> You can't grow without the growing pains I often wonder the pain of Nessa Mandela Then I'm taken to the quotes of Helen Keller It says, the only thing worse than being blind Is having sight but no vision So I say write it down, make it plain And execute your vision mark, And I wanna make it legendary Put an emphasis on
Sing 